Greetings, salutations. Welcome, everybody. Patrick Johnson Show uh, on this Tuesday, 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We're getting ready for, uh, uh, well, we're getting close to inside a week. Week from Thursday, the Pirates will open the season. It'll be game week. Little Pilkington, the ref producing today's show. He'll have an update for you coming up in just a little bit. Our Ben Byron's going to be out at practice. There's a a 6 o'clock post-practice avail. For Coach Houston today, so we kind of get into that mode now as uh, they move into with classes starting a more uh, traditional game week. Again, if you uh, missed our preseason coverage, media day coverage, we had a, about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes straight of just ECU interviews with players, assistant coaches, the coordinators. It's uh, a real gem of a show plus analysis uh, from Terrence Copper. Uh, you can check that out. Online, uh, 943thegame.com, it's uh, posted there. It's uh, a podcast that's up, and it's a really, really uh, good thing. So that is uh, what we've got for you. In fact, some of the interviews we didn't get that didn't make air, we're going to get to uh, here today on this edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Let's start with uh, an interview that uh, we didn't get a chance to air. I wish we had. We just ran out of time uh, the other day. But uh, Xavier Smith. The uh, pirate linebacker, the six foot, two hundred forty seven pounder, Stafford, Virginia, junior. Uh, since coming to East Carolina, Smith, who was a three star linebacker, as far as a prospect out of high school, uh, he started his career uh, in the linebacker room. Favorite term, uh, but helped out on the offensive side, played the tight end position in late two thousand eighteen due to a uh, attrition for ECU. Smith made a pretty good impact. When Mike Houston's staff arrived ahead of the 19th season, he uh, quickly was put back on the defensive side of the football, became one of the top defenders right away. Uh, He led the defense 81 tackles, including two and a half tackles for loss to go along with four pass breakups, a fumble recovery, and excuse me, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Wow. Uh, Second year on the defense, uh, of course, that was the uh, ill-fated 2020 season. Uh, Blake Harrell was brought in, as we know, to replace Bob Trott. And uh, Smith had a new position coach yet again. Uh, But he fit a lot better, I think, in the scheme for um, Blake Harrell. 72 tackles last season. Now, that was in the nine games. That was best on the team. Eight tackles for a loss and two and a half sacks. He also forced a couple of fumbles and recovered one. And then he spent a lot of the spring did – Xavier Smith working at inside linebacker in this Harrell scheme, but also spent the offseason dealing with position changes. He worked almost entirely in the preseason as now a rush on the outside uh, in an effort to help increase the team's uh, speed off the front. Clear leader on the field for ECU, and uh, Philip Pilkington had a chance to catch up with Xavier Smith at ECU Media Day. Uh, We'll hear it right now. Here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So, Xavier, we talked to you a couple weeks ago. You were in a press conference, and you were talking about changing positions. But now that you've been out there in a true 11-on-11 scrimmage with Coach Harrell up in the box calling the plays, yeah. pretty much a preseason game, mm-hmm. how uh, how have you adapted to the new position this year? Um, well, I learned pretty quickly, so I have to be out there physically and, like, learn. Like, I can see it on paper and know what I'm supposed to do, but – I can really learn and elevate my game when I go out there and make the mistakes, look at it on film, like, okay, this is what I need to do better. So just being out there, reps, 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 repetition, I see myself gradually getting better each and every day, so I just have to keep working every single day. 
So you've always been a vocal leader. Is it a little harder down there on the line where you're a little more closed off? You got to turn around to talk to guys. Suppose when you're a linebacker, you can really it's easier to portray your voice. Or, how have you adapted to that? I mean, nothing's really changed. You know, the most important thing about defense is communication. Make sure we're on the same page. So even at rush, I'll stand up and like take a step back and like alert some for the D line and look back to the linebackers, make the check for them, and then just echo the call. Or if they'll make a check. I'll echo the call for the D-line, so that way we're on the same page. Speaking of rush, it seems like you guys did a very good job getting after the quarterback today. Not only you guys with the ones, but that trickled all the way down. Uh, have you guys prided yourself on you know, pin years back and going after the QB? I mean, to be honest, I don't know how good I do at pass rush because I've never played that before. But if you're saying we did pretty good, I guess we did pretty good. But like I said, I'm just trying to get better because, you know, I have a lot of things I want to work on. and. I know where my weaknesses are at that position and, like, how to progress and make the team better. So that's what I'm trying to focus on right now. So how have you attacked those weaknesses to become a better player and, and even it out with the things that are your strong suit? Uh, asking questions. Uh, you can ask Coach Dallas. I'd be asking him a thousand questions in the meeting. I'm like, okay, like, what do I do if his hands are outside? What do I do if his hands are inside, if I'm pinned in? And then YouTube videos. I, like, go to YouTube, like I said before, and watch a couple of YouTube videos and see, like, professional guys doing it and then try to make tweaks and make it my own way. So that's basically how I'm learning how to do things. All right. Thanks, Xavier. Good luck season, man. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Philip Pilkington's interview the other day from Xavier Smith. Uh, not only will he be a leader on the field, he's opened each of the first two scrimmages as outside linebacker, also repped some inside linebacker, uh, showcased his ability to, to really be versatile. And uh, ECU knows certainly he's an all-conference caliber, all-American all, uh, Athletic Conference caliber defender uh, out there playing that inside backer spot. So you probably see him a little more on the uh, outside, I would guess, because the Pirates do have some depth. And if you're going to have the best players, the best 11 on the field at the same time, certainly that means Xavier Smith will probably, depending on who they're playing, be a lot on the edge. In fact, I'd expect to see him a week from Thursday in Charlotte out there. Uh, but wherever they're going to play him, you can expect one thing from Xavier Smith. He will rack up a bunch of tackles and make an impact on this uh, pirate defense, undoubtedly. It's a special edition of the Patrick Johnson Show for you today. We've got uh, coverage of uh, pirate football from Media Day 2021. It was great to be back and have a chance to uh, really be around everybody again. Uh, you know, we missed that last year, and uh, everything was done via Zoom. I really wish, this is my selfishness, that they would do Zoom for the post game because uh, for road games because I thought that was very effective, but uh, apparently that's not going to be offered. Uh, and uh, look. That's fine. Let's roll the punches. Uh, we've got more uh, from our ECU Media Day coverage this past Saturday. Well, we heard from Xavier Smith. Let's now hear from a guy who's working with him every day. Uh, that's Roy Tesh. It's been a vers- Speaking of versatility, Coach Tesh has been very versatile since joining Mike Houston's staff. His defensive responsibility changed from the banded outside linebacker in 19 to oversight of the tackle position prior to spring drills in 2020. Of course, he was hired initially as the special teams coordinator back in uh, 2018 when Mike Houston first came aboard and served in that capacity through the 2019 season. Uh, Roy Tesh has worked with uh, Mike Houston in uh, five different stops, JMU, the Citadel, Lenore Rhine, Brevard, and, of course, uh, here, ECU. Uh, and Roy Tesh has been a guy who has made a uh, – 
a real nice uh, adjustment and made a real impact. He's just what a guy you would call a ball coach. So with Roy Tesh, Philip Pilkington from ECU Media Day. Coach, there's been a lot of moving pieces on the defensive side of the football, and uh, with that, different guys are communicating differently. How do you think that's affected your guys in particular? Uh, I think that there, you have to build continuity with everybody because you never know who's going to be in the game at any given time. And, and I get accused all the time of being a hockey coach because I'll roll so many bodies in there. Uh, but you've got to make sure you've got fresh legs in the interior uh, down where we're at to take on blocks. So that means different, different people got to work with different people on every other snap. Uh, so building that continuity through camp was, uh, is a big thing that we're continuing to work on and continue to press moving forward. Okay, I know you obviously haven't seen all of the film today, but it looks like you guys did a very good job stopping the run and it kind of limited the offense, kind of made them one-dimensional. How well do you think your guys did today? Uh, like you said, about halfway through the film, now I'm a coach, so I'm going to find all the things they did bad, and they laugh at me all the time about that. But uh, we, we focus on those type things. We're always chasing perfection. Uh, so we're always going to continue to look for things we can get better at. Uh, stopping the run is huge for us. It's, it's one of the things we hang our hat on. It's one of the, the goals of the defense, uh, and it's one of the uh, the things put forth by the head coach as, as a goal that he wants for the entire team, be able to run the ball, be able to stop the run. So we're going to continue to focus on that moving forward and uh, take it into every game. So you mentioned rotating a lot of guys in and out like hockey lines. Obviously in the summer you got to kind of do that everywhere. As the season goes on, are you going to try and limit it to where you just have your starting group, or are you going to try and run as many deep as you can all season long if, if the guys have the potential to do it? Well, I think our job as coaches is to continue to build depth uh, at all positions. Uh, so we've got to be able to build enough players to be able to play a game. You never know when you're, next, you're the next man up. Uh, so we've got to continue to, to keep pushing. And if we, that means we play a lot of bodies, great. If we get into a game and the guys are – Big John's doing a great job down there in that strength room now. So if the guys are not winded, then, then we'll go with who's got the hot hand and continue to knock them back. And if we get in a situation where we do have to roll bodies, uh, like in a camp situation here, then we'll do that as well. But we've always got to be you know, concerned and, and understand that the next man up mentality has got to be something we're focused on. Thanks, Coach. Good luck this season. Appreciate it. Pirate uh, defensive line coach Roy Tesh. Uh, good job there, Philip. Appreciate uh, that uh, interview. Philip uh, got some additional interviews we couldn't get to the other day during the uh, scrum on uh, ECU Media Day. So there you go. We're beginning uh, things here on this Tuesday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, we have uh, coverage beginning for you of Pirate Football a week from Thursday. We'll be on the air at 3 o'clock, special PJ show, and then at 4, kick off our ECU Pirate Game Day countdown. Uh, it'll be on from 4 until 6.30. Looking forward to bringing that to you uh, coming up. Uh, this is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show on this uh, Tuesday. You're on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3, the game. It's one of the more highly anticipated matchups of the high school football season, and it's coming your way on Friday night. We'll have it for you here on 94.3 The Game. 7 o'clock, Rose playing host to Cleveland. Cleveland, last year's 3AA state champion runner-up, Omari and Hampton, their great running back who's committed to UNC. Rose, who had big designs on this year but lost their opener at Hunt on Friday, uh, so they'll come in 0-1, Cleveland 1-0. But the Rose Rampits, of course, with Michael Allen, who's bound for NC State. So two of the best running backs in the entire state and two of the very best in the nation uh, are going to be uh, on display. We'll have the call for you with Croft Massey, Ronald Vincent. They'll be bringing you the action on Friday, uh, part of a, a big Friday uh, football extravaganza uh, for you. 
on uh, our Interbanks media stations. But uh, coming up on Friday, it is going to be uh, the game of the week for Rose, and they will be playing Cleveland from uh, the Minji's Farley Athletic Complex. Should be a uh, really good matchup. Between those two, Rampits will try to get back on track after a uh, a bad defeat at the hands of Hunt on the road to open the season. A lot of games uh, finally wrapping up yesterday after uh, everything that kind of happened there with with, uh, the weather for the weekend. Just such a tough time of year to do things. Uh, We have a special edition of the Patrick Johnson Show for you here. Uh, great to have you along for the ride on this uh, Tuesday. Uh, and uh, we'll have uh, coverage all this week and leading up to next week. In fact, uh, a week from today, our Houston Huddle segment will start. We're going to have Mike Houston, coach of the Pirates, on with us. He'll join us every Tuesday. And, of course, you can pick that up in the form of a podcast before. And that'll be on 943thegame.com. Of course, that segment will air on the Patrick Johnson Show starting next Tuesday, every Tuesday during the football season. That is the Houston Huddle. It's coming up uh, beginning next Tuesday and throughout the ECU regular season here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We were there for media day on uh, Saturday. Some of the audio we did not get a chance to get to. And maybe reliving a couple of uh, the other interviews during the course of the hour here this afternoon on the Patrick Johnson Show. Philip uh, Pilkington producing and uh, let's go to another one of our pre-game uh, or rather pre-season interviews from media day the other day Latrell Scott who uh, came over in the spring from Norfolk State uh, he is the uh, passing game coordinator tight end and inside receivers coach for uh, ECU uh, five years that he spent at FCS member Norfolk State and uh, he is now into his 20th year of uh, college coaching. Uh, was at uh, Richmond and Virginia State as a head coach. So uh, coach brings quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of uh, experience with him to Greenville. Uh, Philip Pilkington starts uh, it off here talking about number 22, Tyler Sneed with uh, Latrell Scott. Tyler's been out the last few weeks or last I guess two weeks and there's been other guys that have had to step up do you feel like Holton has been able to move the ball a little better knowing that he doesn't have one guy to focus on his number one guys he been able to versatile and get other guys involved well you know I think it's a it's a, it's a double-edged forward that's double-edged sword I think obviously we want Tyler to play as many snaps as he can possibly play for us but when something like this happens it kind of forces you as an offensive staff and obviously as an offense to find other guys who can uh, make plays and I think, you know, guys like C.J. Johnson and uh, Audio Matosho and, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Savage, you know, those guys have stepped up and made plays in, uh, in Tyler's absence. So when you can find other guys that have the ability to be playmakers, you know, it just makes you feel much more comfortable when he starts, starts uh, back to practice on Monday. All right, and uh, in the past, ECU has not used the tight ends a lot. There's a lot of talk about Shane Calhoun this year. Are you excited to see him get more involved, more so than we have in tight ends in the past? Definitely. Uh, Shane's definitely a, a dual-threat guy for us. Uh, he gives you the ability to, you know, to, to be a stout, stout blocker in the run game, but he also gives you the ability to stretch the field uh, in the pass game. Uh, you know, Shane's done a tremendous job growing from last year to this year. I know he played a ton of snaps as a true freshman last year, but I think his maturation has really come, uh, you know, you know, he's really matured. Sorry about that. Really matured uh, from the spring uh, through 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 uh, fall camp and going forward. Uh, Shane's going to have Ryan Jones in the room with him. He's going to have Zach Bird in the room with him. So we so we've got you know four tight ends that we feel really good about that I don't think Coach Houston had uh, you know two years ago when he got here. 
So this year we're going to have a lot of the same returning guys, both that slot receiver and the outside role. Can you tell in practice just with spacing and chemistry with the receivers that they've all worked together and were all together last year? Well, you know, it was really impressive. Uh, you know, I wasn't here last year, obviously, but what our guys were able to do over the summer, just what the guys did, uh, you know, in, in, in the time that we were allowed to be outside and work with them, the things they did on their own. Uh, there's a ton, ton of chemistry between Holton and the receivers, a uh, ton of chemistry between Mason and the receivers. So the guys have put in the work, and it's, and it's shown up uh, throughout summer camp. I know these guys love to have the football in their hands, but do they enjoy blocking for this two-headed monster we have at running back, that blocking in space and Calhoun blocking on the edge of the line? Yeah, man, I mean, anytime you have the ability to have two home run hitters like we do in the backfield, uh, you know, in, uh, in Raji and Keaton, I think it, it lets our guys know that, hey, if you hang on to this block another second longer, you make this play happen. These guys can get this thing in the end zone. And, uh, you know, the other thing about the blocking deal for, for myself and Coach Dudzik is it's, it's non-negotiable. So, you know, either you block or you don't play, but our guys embrace it and they do a really good job of it because they know the possibilities. And, you know, sometimes receivers are blocking for receivers. Tight ends are blocking for receivers. Receivers are blocking for tight ends. So it's not just the, just the running backs. It's just a selfless approach that uh, the two different rooms take, you know, in, in the run, run and pass game. No block, no rock, right? No question, no doubt, no doubt. All right, thanks, Coach. Thank you, man. All right, uh, Latrell Scott there with uh, our own Philip Pilkington here, one of the interviews we didn't have a chance to get to. Uh, native of Richmond, Virginia, uh, grad of uh, Hampton, and uh, it's good to have uh, Coach Latrell Scott, who's got uh, a great deal of experience in the ECU program. You know, it was interesting, ECU and Norfolk State were scheduled to play last year uh, before that game was wiped out due to COVID. And uh, to leave the FCS situation there at an HBCU and come to Greenville, a big pickup. Uh, someone with some head coaching experience, someone that certainly knows the region, and uh, particularly Tidewater, Virginia, which is uh, continues to be a, a recruiting hotbed. Uh, so great to have uh, Coach Scott in the fold and a really nice job there with those guys. Uh, and uh, Philip and, and Coach Scott spending a few minutes together uh, the other day on uh, our ECU Media Day coverage. Some of the interviews we didn't have time to get to, some of the interviews that uh, we wanted to bring you and uh, let you uh, maybe relive again in certain instances. One of the guys uh, we did hear from the other day, uh, and speaking of passing game, coordinator with uh, Coach Scott, Audio Motosho. He's got to be a big part of what ECU is going to do offensively this year. He came, of course, highly touted out of, out of Texas, went to UCLA, transferred to ECU uh, after some time out in uh, Westwood. And uh, Audie has just never really seemed to – I mean, he's, he's certainly seen the field as sort of the fourth receiver last year, but Audie has uh, yet to really kind of have that breakout that I think a lot of people know he's capable of and expect from him. So we'll see how all of that uh, goes. Uh, looking forward, of course, to, uh, to this and looking forward to uh, how this will all work uh, in the pirate scheme. No Blake Prohl, who was so sure-handed, Audie uh, – I don't want to say he had a case of the drops, but certainly uh, Audie has had some balls that maybe uh, he you would expect him to make the play on. So we'll see that. Uh, we're waiting for what would be in his final year in the purple and gold, a real breakout opportunity for Audie Omotosho. Uh, our uh, Philip Pilkington talking with him on uh, Pirate Media Day. You were at UCLA, yeah. and then you came here, so you've had a lot of change, and now you're finally three years in this system. How well do you think you have progressed in knowing the system, and how has that helped you? I think it's, you know, firstly, I think I've progressed tremendously, you know. Underneath Coach Dudzik, Coach Houston's staff, they really helped me and pushed me to be my best. And, you know, I'm just really looking forward to this offense in this season. 
So a lot of the guys that are run routes out there, whether it be tight ends, receivers, slot guys, they've all they were all here last year. For the most part, they were here last year. Yeah. How does that help you guys with the chemistry, just with spacing and, and knowing where the other guys are at all times? I think I think one of the biggest ways that influences and you know propels our team upward is just having big guys to help the younger guys, you know, kind of get acclimated and fall in line with the system of what we have here at ECU. All right, and. Uh, How's another year playing with Holt Naylor's? You know, I from what I've seen in the two scrimmages, he looks like he has even got. He was always a good quarterback, but he's yeah. gotten a lot better. And how does this chemistry with the? Because you have had your fair share yeah. of quarterbacks, and yeah. it takes a little bit to adapt to a lefty and a new quarterback. How well have you adapted to him over these last couple of years? Man, I think honestly, like just having this full camp with him has built our chemistry up so much and like you said it's like you have different quarterbacks you got to kind of learn them each differently and I don't know I just think there's there, we really have something special coming this season like through camp just stacking the days on and off the field like we've really been able to build a bond and a relationship so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, I know you love having the football in your hands, but we've all heard the saying, no block, no rock. And uh, how is it blocking for this one-two punch at running back I out mean, there? Bro, <laughs> with Keaton and Rose, like, you can't not like blocking for them. You know, you want to crack block. You want to block the corners, you know, when they're peeling around the edge. So I just try to put my best foot forward and see them, you know, sliding down the field, man. I love to see it. So I'm super excited, yeah. The very personable and a guy with his own fashion line, Audi Omotosho, uh, with us uh, here on our uh, coverage of ECU Media Day. It's uh, Patrick Johnson in on the Patrick Johnson Show special Thursday, uh, Tuesday edition. Don't know. We wish it were Thursday. A special Tuesday edition of the uh, program uh, here today. Uh, Philip Pilkington in just a couple of minutes with uh, an update on everything going on in the uh, world of sports, Pirate Nation and beyond. So stand by for that uh, update coming up in about uh, a minute from now. Uh, A uh, reminder that uh, we've got more to come in this uh, hour. Uh, and some pretty good stuff. I'm, I'm excited about some of the uh, interviews that uh, we have to get to here. Some, again, we didn't have a chance to get to the other day. We'll hear from the dynamic duo of running backs for the Pirates. Uh, Luke Larson, we had a really great live conversation with Luke Larson, but we'll revisit him. He's worth booking every time because he's just so personable. Uh, one of the uh, punters for ECU uh, challenging John Young for that job. And uh, He's a man. I mean, he's a 29-year-old man, so he's, uh, he's, uh, he's the real deal is Luke Larson and a, and a really, you could tell, guy that's comfortable as an adult, and uh, that, that I'm sure is a good influence one way or the other on, on guys on this roster. Uh, so let's uh, get ready to send it over to uh, Philip Pilkington across the way. He'll have an update for you on our 94-3 The Game sports update, and uh, he'll tell you everything going on, not only – Right now, but uh, coming up later, everything you need to know. Here's Philip. We're reliving some of the uh, great moments and uh, moments we didn't hear, in fact, uh, that primarily from Media Day the other day. Patrick Johnson welcoming you back in. Philip Pilkington producing today. We'll have uh, some pirate uh, coverage as far as post practice today. Pirates are practicing as we speak. So, uh, Philip, or uh, rather, Ben Byram. We'll uh, be there after the practice, and uh, you can check our social media at 943thegame on Twitter, uh, Facebook, 943thegame, and uh, Ben will uh, update anything there that's pertinent. Uh, We'll have some of that audio post-practice from Mike Houston for you tomorrow. 
coach of the coordinators will be after practice on Wednesday. Now, kind of all of that gets moved up next week, so that regular rotation we won't have a chance to be in next week because of the shortened week. But we will be talking to Coach Houston next Tuesday right here on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. It'll be part of our Houston Huddle podcast, and you'll hear that uh, every day, uh, every uh, Tuesday, I should say, uh, throughout the uh, regular season. Uh, we'll bring that to you about mid-morning. It'll be released on 943thegame.com. Uh, land on our other podcast distribution places, wherever you download your podcast, a little later in the day. And then, of course, uh, we'll have for you on uh, every uh, every day, every Tuesday on the Patrick Johnson Show, a, a new edition of uh, our conversation with Mike Houston, uh, either the entire thing or an excerpt. Uh, the point would be to tune into the Tuesday or download the Houston Huddle podcast, uh, 943thegame.com. We're reliving some of the uh, great moments and uh, tremendous interviews from uh, ECU Media Day uh, as we get ready for uh, that. Uh, several uh, players, several coaches. Obviously, ECU's success this year will be predicated on what happens with the offensive line. Let's hear from the uh, Grizzly veteran OL coach, our good friend, Steve Shankweiler. With Philip Pilkington. You know, there were a lot of moving pieces on the offensive line last year, and this year there's seems to have a lot of those guys back and at um, familiar positions. How have they looked as a group in camp? Well, I think I think the fact that, you know, we really have all of them back except for one. And, you know, it's, it's um, and he only played one game last year. So it really everybody's back. And, you know, there's no substitute for experience. Um I, I don't know the exact number, but I'd say there's probably eight of them that have started a Division One football game before and probably 11 of them that have played in a Division One football game. So, you know, that continuity just, uh, you know, makes a lot more, you know, a lot more amenable to, probably a lot more amenable to, you know, being able to work together as a group, to communicate well as a group. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. This camp's been really good. How have they worked with Holton well? Is there a good communication between the line, you know, calling out the mic and stuff with Holton? Can you tell also have an experienced quarterback along with that experienced offensive yeah, line helping it, out? It, it, it's good because, you know, when, when, when either one makes a decision, the other one can sometimes override it. And so we have a little system in place where uh, it's kind of a, kind of a, a fail-safe system, so to speak. And um, in the run game and the pass game, where the two of them communicating, you know, we we have the luxury right now. We've got, you know, I rely on the center position to do that mostly, and the tackles do it some, but the center does it mostly. And and you've got three guys that have all played Division One football at center, and so there's a lot of experience there. And so yeah, Holton, Holton, and those guys, uh, you know, they they. They seem to communicate well, and, and, you know, we've had a really good camp. So there's a lot of depth at running back. How do the offensive line adapt to, you know, we have speed backs, we have power backs. Is it pretty much the same for those guys, regardless of who's back there? They don't care. They don't care. They they know a difference. You know, I won't won't rank them in order how they look at it, but but they know there's a difference. You know, they – but it does not affect the play call or – you know, really even the tempo of the play. Because some plays we have the backs, you know, a little bit slower tempo, sometimes it's faster. So it's, you know, uh, they just, uh, their job is to block for whoever's back there. Even if you got back there, it's going to be the same. Thanks, Coach. You bet. Steve Shankweiler uh, there. 
And uh, great job by uh, Shank as uh, Philip uh, was asking him a lot of questions. It's always great to catch up with Shank. I'm sorry we didn't get him on the air live the other day, but it uh, just didn't work out that way. We were in a great spot and uh, enjoyed uh, th- that Town Bank Tower. What a way to utilize that uh, as a way to uh, uh, showcase not only uh, Town Bank Tower, but also uh, just a great spot for, for media day. Uh, hey, uh, we continue on here. It is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. Obviously, you're talking about two of the great young running backs in college football with Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell. Harris, uh, the rookie of the year in the AAC. Mitchell came on and had a splendid, explosive last couple of games, especially uh, to end the season. Let's hear from those guys now. We start with Rajay Harris with our Philip Pilkington on our uh, look back at the ECU Media Day. Rajay, it's clear that you and Keaton are kind of the one, two, one A, one B, and who knows who's the number one. But uh, how have the guys behind you guys fought for that next spot? Because obviously you and Keaton can't play every play, and somebody else will have to step up and take that number two role. How have they done that? Uh, you know, Coach Foster has been. You know, he came in and he really, he really set the standard. You know, we go in every day one percent. You know, I tweeted out all the time one percent. You know, I think the young guys don't really bought into that. You know, they come to practice every day. They're willing to learn. They're respectful. You know, me, me looking down on them is just like you feel me. I got to get them to where me and Keaton at. You feel me? Like I want them to be able to, if anything ever happens to us, get in there and play. Also, I know you guys love to have a football in your hands, but I noticed today and really all the time when Holton Tate has to take off or there's somebody else got the ball in their hands, you guys do a very good job of getting down the field and blocking for Holton or whomever it is. Do you pride yourself on being a good blocker out in the open space as well in the backfield when you're protecting the quarterback? Yeah, man, a long time ago uh, in high school, my pops was, uh, you know, he, he got on to me one time about the blocking or whatever because I wasn't really, I was lazy about it. So, you know, um, ever since then, I always took pride in it, especially with Holton. You know, it's my brother and also – you know, I got to protect him. You know, quarterbacks always get, you know, blindsided or whatever, but when I'm in there, it's not going to happen. So we have a lot of the returning offensive line, or a lot of the offensive line this year are returning guys. Mm-hmm. How does that help you just knowing, you know, kind of their skill set and knowing how they block? Does that help coming in with veteran offensive linemen that you've played with before? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, there's knowledge, knowledge of the game. Like Fernando Fry, we got Sean Bailey. They all done been here before. They all done, you know, worked and done, done put their life on the line for this ECU Pirate team. So it's great to be running behind them. All right, thanks, Rajay. Good luck this season, man. Appreciate it. Rajay Harris, we had a chance to talk to him live as well, and Rajay's uh, ready to uh, shoulder the burden of the uh, 2021 season, ready to come back out there. We talked to Coach Foster, too, who was uh, just named last week as the recruiting coordinator for the Pirates and uh, also as the running backs coach. He had a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, you could revisit that part of our uh, media day coverage on 943thegame.com. Just go to the uh, ECU media day coverage uh, part of that in the podcast, you'll see it on there, and you can uh, relive the magic uh, from last Saturday with Terrence Copper and myself and our entire 94.3 The Game sports crew. All right, uh, I see a moment ago, K3 now. I believe that's right, yeah. Uh, Keaton Mitchell uh, from Media Day. This is uh, one we didn't get to, so an exclusive with Keaton Mitchell here on 94.3 The Game. Keaton, uh, I know you guys were already asked earlier in the week about the one-two punch that you guys have how do you, how well do you think the other guys have stepped up to kind of get? I would really say the second role because pretty much there's two starters. Who do you think is, you know, kind of progresses the next guy behind you and Rajay? I mean, ain't no telling. They all good backs. I mean, they all like they can run the ball, they can protect. But um, we just got to see what they can do like in a real game. I mean, everybody did good during this camp, but we're gonna see. How do you think the offense did today? Suppose I know everybody says the defense got y'all last week, but you think the offense bounced back today? 
Oh, yeah, we bounced back. I mean, we ain't want to show them everything, you know what I'm saying? But we did good. Um, offensive line did good. Our quarterback did good. Our right receiver did good. We, But when we click, it's, you'll know, you know what I'm saying? So I noticed when Holton does take off, you guys, both the running backs and the, the receivers, do a great job blocking downfield. I know it's a little more fun with the ball in your hands, but how do you feel like you've done as a blocker when Holton takes off or when somebody else has the football? Oh, I like blocking. Um, that's something you got to do as a running back. I mean, when Holton took off against Temple, I was right by his side all the way down to the goal line, you know, but I like blocking. I know the big boys up there also appreciate that help. Uh, but uh, how do you and Rajay feed off each other? Oh, it's just our energy. I mean, we clicked when we first got here. I knew him since we was, like, 10. I mean, we just clicked. Like, it's just a connection that we got. I'm glad to have that connection with him. All right. Thanks, Keaton. Keaton Mitchell uh, wound up last year with uh, just a sensational uh, season. In fact, in the scrimmage the other day, Keaton Mitchell uh, was able to manage uh, 28 yards on three attempts. Of course, he wasn't getting the lion's share of the work, but he had – a twenty-eight year, a twenty-eight-yard dash on his first carry of the uh, Saturday morning scrimmage, and uh, that, along with the seventeen-yard pass play from Ryan Stubblefield, uh, they marked the longest plays from scrimmage for the Pirates. The defense has really looked good, but uh, you know, obviously, ECU was trying to mix in some of the backups on Saturday, and they were trying to to figure out who number two is going to be at quarterback, and you don't want to give uh, those two running backs too much work. Uh, the offensive unit with 222 yards of offense on 74 snaps, uh, 65 yards rushing, uh, the first tilt of the week. Uh, that pirate ground game bounced back with over three yards of carry and 135 yards on uh, on Saturday during the scrimmage. Patrick Johnson show a look back at ECU Media Day, and we continue on here. Uh, so stay with us. Nobody's as stunned as I am. I mean nobody. Uh, we continue on here. Let's bring you a little bit of a conversation with Luke Larson. Now, this is the one-on-one that Philip did with him, not our conversation with him. I enjoyed talking to him. It was great to talk to Luke Larson. That was so fun. Uh, but this is Philip Pilkington uh, with Luke Larson from Saturday. There's a lot of competition right now in the all really the special teams. How does that drive you to be better when you know that if you don't perform well, you could lose your spot like that? It doesn't really come down to a question of losing your spot. It's more... We want to win bowl games. We want to win games that get us to bowl games. So if I can do my job, if that's good enough, I get to see the field. If not, it's, that's a good thing for us because, you know, the next guy steps up and does his job. So overall, how do you think camp went from a special team standpoint? I know they were saying today they were really trying to see a lot in the kicking game. Do you think that overall you guys had a good camp and Coach was able to see what he wanted today in the kicking game? Definitely. they got three guys that have... Uh, both come in or Owen that was here last year that have stepped up and they've all put their best foot forward so I think for them it's more seeing in under which situations which kicker can can provide for us great stuff there uh, all right we talked to both coordinators on Saturday and in case you missed it this is the conversation that Terrence Copper and I had with uh, ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick you and I had a real interesting talk after spring ball about uh, Holton and now he's uh, been through the uh, summer off season. Yep. Uh, that's always the talk. Uh, give us how Holton's camp. He's come back in leaner. He's 12 pounds lighter than he played at last year, and that was something that we did on purpose that uh, 
uh, we thought that he, he still can run, but I thought he'd maybe lost some of the, the initial quickness. And you need that in the pocket. You need that in the ability to escape. And uh, I think it probably helps his flexibility a little bit. Uh, he, not, not a bad issue, but he's had a little bit of a back issue where his back tightens up. He's had some spasms. You know, I'll tell you what, the boy's taking some hits now. He's yeah. taking some hits in yeah. his career here. And Is that uh, going to improve this year? You know what? I really think it better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think it will. Uh, we, we can get into that when we get off of Holton there about the pass protection and some things. But he's come back and he's quicker. I think he showed that today. The, the defense played some coverage today, and he pulled down two or three balls and made really big runs on it. I'm on him just a little bit because the one he throws into the end zone to Shane Calhoun, who could have made the catch. It would have been a tough catch, but a great throw. I think he probably runs. He might score right yeah. there too. So I want him to keep doing that and being smart. Now, he's got to learn to get down a little bit, you know what I'm saying, not take the unnecessary uh, hits. But, uh, no, I think if, if, uh, if you're talking about the offense, what's been the most improved from last year, at least through camp, I think it is our pass protection. Mm-hmm. So uh, we put a lot of emphasis on that because I think that was a weakness last year. Uh, now, you know, the hardest thing to do in college football is probably drop back pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and maybe the hardest in the NFL, but they got to do it. And then they got the guys to do it. Um, so we've had to put some emphasis on it. And, uh, but you're going to get behind. You're going to get in some third downs. You're going to get in some obvious passing situations. You'd like not to. Uh, that will really help your pass protection if if you can just you know not get into third down and long. But we're gonna that's gonna happen. We know that. So I, I think most uh, most improved thing on on our offense has been our pass protection. All right, year. offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. We're going uh, kind of quick through this because I know we want to not keep Coach Harrell waiting, but you probably don't mind keeping him <laughs> waiting. Uh, when you guys say, and I don't want to harp on this, when you say there's no number, no clear cut number two, yeah. what is it somebody's not done, or what is it that somebody needs to do? Uh, talking about quarterback yeah quarterback yeah well somebody needs to go out there and take care control of the team first of all and be able to to run the team you know if if something happens to Holton like what happened last year and at times Mason's done it at times Mason's done it he has tremendous ability uh at times uh, Alex Flynn has, has showed signs that he can do it at times Ryan Stubberfield can can really give you a shot in the arm but of all three of them none of them have consistently have been able to do that. And uh, it, it's just a lot of things involved in playing quarterback from getting the plays called uh, to getting the defense recognized. You've got to change protections. you got to check plays. And then you still got to go out there and, you know, complete passes as well. And just right now, uh, I am a little concerned. Uh, I'm not, you know, to the point where I don't think we, we'll find one, but we're going to have to make a decision here because we're 12 days away from the first game. And what are some things that this offense has to do this year in order to push this team to the next level? Well, we got to be more consistent. And, and, and what does that mean? That just means that we, we can't play so up and down because at times, like you look at the SMU game first half last year, there's not a better offense in the country, you know, than, than we were. We've done that throughout the time up and down. I thought we were really good at Tulsa. I thought we were really good at South Florida. You know, Tulsa was a really outstanding defense, mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't that we we're playing against bad people. But then we've just had some games where – you know, we, we just did Georgia State comes to mind where we were just horrendous. You know, yeah. it was just horrible. Yeah. You get yourself in the hole, and then we we didn't dig ourselves out. We, you know, we we were we did we did rally, but we rallied as a team more than as an offense. So, you know, a lot of that falls on Holton, and and he knows that he takes that responsibility. He's a competitive guy. He never likes to give up on a play. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you have to throw it away. Sometimes you have to just get back to the next down. Uh, when we've gotten behind at times, if we're not playing well. 
he's pressed, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And he's used to being able to just do it, make something happen. But this isn't high school football. You know, they got, they got real dudes on the other side over there too. And in this league, you know, there's some real dudes. There's guys going to the NFL. Yeah. So you, you, we've just got to be more consistent. We've got to play at that high level more often. All right, I got one more thing in here, maybe a minute. I hate to hamstring you, but we got the Coach Harold waiting. No, and good. it's really more time than Blake. I know you do. <laughs> uh, obviously, you've got Keaton. You've got uh, Rajay Harris. Yeah. Uh, you got two of the best young running backs in the country. How do we, you know, make sure that this year is is a step forward and they don't hit any of that kind of sophomore slump? Well, you know, thing. Chris Foster is our running back coach, and I think he might be one of the best in the country, if not the best. He, he ain't never going to let them rest on the laurels. I'll, t- I'll tell you that right now. Uh, as, as many good things that they did last year, there's a lot of things when you show them on film, they missed the hole, you know what I'm saying? They missed the protection. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things you maybe you don't even see from the, the fans' viewpoint because sometimes maybe they ran the wrong route, but you don't know what route was called, so you wouldn't know that. Right, right. But that might be what busts that route up. Mm-hmm. That, might, that might not get the other guy open, or he might have been looking to throw him the ball, and that's why you get sacked. Sometimes it's not all the offensive line. So fast protection is definitely something they've improved on. We've emphasized that. And then just being a little bit more consistent on reading the blocking scheme and hitting the correct hole. And uh, they both have got great <clears throat> ability. And so uh, we do look for them to be better players this year, though. That's Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU offensive coordinator, uh, joining us uh, here. Uh, or joining us, I should say, Saturday on our uh, media day coverage. Just wanted to relive that for you there. We also had a chance to talk with Blake Harrell, ECU defensive coordinator, in his second year. And I think this is so important. This is the reason you're seeing the defense uh, really have a great camp and look really good in the first two scrimmages because defensively, East Carolina has uh, – really for the first time in a lot of these guys' careers, had continuity and the sec- the same coordinator, the same voice in the room, if you will, for two straight seasons. And that's a big deal because you I mean you're looking at there was a stretch going into last season where you had three different coordinators in three different years. And that's just that that that's the reason the defense got as carved up as it did over that period of time. Uh, but the defense has really made some strides so let's hear now from uh, Blake Harrell, part of our ECU Media Day coverage. Terrence made a really uh, great observation based on Coach Houston's comments, and I think this speaks to the job you've done uh, and the continuity that having you here for a second year certainly provides. And that is Coach Houston's excited about this defense, excited to watch this defense. So I think that's a great compliment to this uh, to this group. It is, and it is our players. You can see just a second year in the defense, the confidence they have, and, and the swagger they kind of take out on the field. And you know, now they you're not putting installing a defense or putting a call in for the first time. They've heard it before. They know the adjustments. They know the fixes. They know the weaknesses and strengths. So just to see them take the field with all that and the way they fly around, play fast, and it's nice to see. So that's uh, you know that's. Year two of a defense. Yeah. Uh, Blake, give me some names of some guys that, in your opinion, have had a, a really solid uh, and excellent uh, preseason camp. You know, I think uh, Xavier Smith and Jeremy, Jeremy Lewis, uh, Rick DeBreu on the edges yep. uh, have done a really nice job. Manny Hickman's done a nice job out there as well. Um, so a newcomer out there that I think is going to have a good season as the season goes along is Josiah Robinson. Uh, he's a freshman, came in kind of – uh, midway through the summer, he's just kind of now getting to his body, and he's a little bit behind. But I think as the summer, as the year goes around, the can't, the fall goes around, schedule goes around, we'll see him develop and, and be a good player that can get on the field for us. So that's kind of the, the guys on the edges. Um, you know, Bruce Bivens, older guy, had a really good camp. Gerard Stringer, it's nice to have him back yeah. in his swing of things. And then DJ Ford, you know, got a lot of experience on the back end, but it's it's nice to have DJ back there as well. 
Uh, the, hearing good things from the secondary. I mean, obviously having a guy like DJ Ford, who's who's you know all business and has done this uh, obviously and done it at a pretty high level. I mean, what he brings, I think the intangible things that he brings is is just things you can't coach right now. An older guy has played a lot of snaps. There's no substitution for that. So a guy that's uh, you know been been about you know been in battle so to speak and been on the game field, been in, those, in the heat of battle. Uh, you can't replace that. And so he brings that and. He treats each and every day like a professional. And, and Taquam McMillan, you know, all those guys do back there. Sean, Sean Dorso's stepped his game up. Warren Saber, an older guy that's back there playing really well right now. So excited about the secondary and just hope that they keep moving forward and ready for this fall. Defensive coordinator Blake Harrell joining us here on our uh, preseason coverage uh, for Pirate uh, football. What's the biggest difference physically? I mean, obviously having that spring camp which you didn't have last year right big john has these guys i mean yeah. physically we're, we're looking at a lot of different body types you, from you, a year ago yeah you are they're they're a year older um you know they had all spring and all summer in the weight room which last year during the, this time they had and they were training at home or training separate places and trying to do the best job they could to, to be ready to play a football season and, and if the fact is, it's just tough. And, and when you're all together, it's a different intensity level. It's a different training level. So you're seeing guys that are moving around faster, better agility, and, and just playing at a higher level. So it's nice to see. Let me ask you one more thing here before uh, Luke Larson joins us. We're going to get Holt Nailers, it looks like, uh, during our time here. But let me just ask you uh, this, and, and just to pick on something you talked about. So you, it's, you're not – I mean, you can make the call. Guys now know where to be. So what's the next level now with this uh, defense? You know, just continue to sh sharpen sharpen our skill set and just our techniques, our fundamentals, and, and our football IQ. So the guys are doing a great job with that. Hey, is it third and three? Is it third and eight? Is it, you know, what's the offense trying to attack us yeah. with? What are they trying to do And before it ever happens? So the guys have done a great job with that. We call it football IQ or football intelligence. So just kind of sharpen those things up and get them game ready and, and looking forward to September 2nd, App State and Charlotte. Yes, indeedy duty, we all are. Uh, thanks to uh, our Courtney Guthrie, by the way. Courtney uh, came through and got us some uh, clips uh, that we uh, needed to harvest to uh, backfill the show here. So we got that thanks to her for her efforts today. Also to Philip Pilkington for producing. We'll be back tomorrow, midweek edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. And we'll have comments from Coach Houston and some Pirate players, hopefully, in our uh, Pirate Report for you. Ben will have uh, coverage for you on social media coming up after 6 o'clock. So head on over to 94.3 The Game's Facebook and Twitter page and the new Instagram page, 94.3 underscore The Game. We're now on uh, Instagram doing it for the gram yet again. So uh, follow us there. We hope you will. Uh, big thanks uh, to uh, everybody who helped put on our Media Day coverage. And uh, we will see you tomorrow for a fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game.